the children of the Force. Welcome to episode 35 of Children of the Force, a podcast about Star Wars by one adult and his two kids. I'm Anna and I'm nine. I'm Liam and I'm Shethin. And I'm Al Nawatsky, the adult. So uh, let's start off this episode like we do every week and talk about the Star Warsy stuff we've been up to. Uh, but actually, first, we're not going to do a Star Warsy thing, but a podcasty thing. Uh, Anna, why don't you tell us about the new podcast that you're involved in? Um, Platform 9 and 3 Quarters News. What is Platform 9 and 3 Quarters News about, and who is on the podcast? It's basically just about Harry Potter, because okay. I love Harry Potter, too. I'm a big Harry Potter... So do I. I'm a big Harry Potter fan, other than Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And my two friends from class, who also love Harry Potter, are on the podcast with me. Cool. Actually, one of them just sent us a question last week. Well, that's right. The listener of the Children of the Forest, Marin, mm-hmm. sent us a question last week uh, for the Question and Answer Council. Actually, we're going to read her answer this week, so that's coming up. I like Harry Potter, too. And Liam, you also like Harry Potter, but you're not... I really like it, but... but you're not on We're also reading Percy Jackson. Mm, yes, we are. I, I, I think I like Percy Jackson more than Harry Potter. Heresy. Blasphemy. Huh? <laughs> I'm just kidding. What? That's okay. It's your opinion. What does you, that mean? <laughs> that, that means uh, it's against the rules to say that you like <laughs> Percy Jackson. But so I'm joking. Rude. I know. I'm just we joking. we both really like Harry Potter. Um, but that's okay. It's an opinion thing, Liam. Why you... does everybody like Harry Potter way more than... <laughs> that's just... You're going to find that's more... that's the first book we read. Yeah. No, that's not it. I would still like it it's, better. It's it's okay, Liam. You don't have to defend your choice to think that Percy Jackson is... Or that you like Percy Jackson more than Harry Potter. Right? Hmm. That's, that's, I have a choice, and I'm going to keep it. Right. No matter what people say. Oh, wow. <laughs> he just touched the dark side there, I think. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> I heard it coming through in your voice. Oh, your eyes have a little yellow tint to them. Liar! <laughs> liar! Liar! So, so Anna, what do you? I don't have yeah, no, I know, I get it. But then you're yelling liar like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, Anna, so Anna, tell me uh, what what you girls are talking about on platform nine and three quarters news. What kind of stuff are you discussing on there? Uh, well, we've only done one episode so far, and that was our episode zero. And it's not even up yet on no, iTunes, it's but not. it's going to be. But soon. it's going to be. Yeah, it is going yeah. to be soon. Maren told me today that she put the music. Cool. Okay, well, I think we'll end up talking more about Platform 9 and 3 quarters once it's up on iTunes and ready to be downloaded. And Hopefully also, that'll be next week, actually. And also once it's like, mm, we have more episodes up, I think we're sure. doing it like once or twice a month, which is kind of sad, yeah. except um, it's kind of actually going to be better, too, because mm-hmm. if we met up every week, that would just wouldn't work out. It'd be a lot. All right, so the website right now, it's pretty sparse, but it is platform934news.wordpress.com. So, you know, if you're listening to this in the future and you want to check out that podcast by Anna and her two friends, uh, you can go to that site and, uh, you know, you'll find links to how to listen to it, which is pretty cool. All right, well, uh, some more Star Wars-y stuff. Last week, 
on Children of the Force. We had a really important discussion about elevators. Yes, we I did. mean, it was kind of groundbreaking. Uh, and, um, you know, it really got me thinking about elevators in Star Wars. <laughs> and uh, the significance, you know, what does it mean? <laughs> oh, Lord. But we did talk about elevators. And it, it actually did get me thinking, like, what? Because we were talking about all the elevators in all the movies. Well... There is a Wikipedia entry on elevators, or as they are often known in Star Wars, turbo lifts. So <laughs> there is a canon entry and a legends entry for turbo lifts in canon because that's mostly what we're you know concerning ourselves with I these days. Legends. And legends is going to be like twenty pages long. So in canon. Uh, it shows, it says that they appear in every single movie. Hmm? In The Phantom Menace, in Attack of the Clones, yep. In The Phantom Menace, also going up to Padme's apartment, right? Oh. Yeah, we see Anakin, little Annie, walk out of the elevator, I think, um, okay. to to ask if Padme's there. And then we already know, we talked about Attack of the Clones last week. Uh, Revenge of the Sith, uh, we talked about that one in, in uh, Grievous's ship. A New Hope oh, yeah. is, of course, on the Death Star. Mm-hmm. They're waiting for the elevator, and someone wants to come in, and and uh, Han's like, oh, this one's full. You know, like, you don't want to come in here, because there's a Wookiee, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. One when oh, they're yeah. going up to this, the prison's house mm-hmm. to free Leia. Um, yeah. And then, what is that thing? Oh, yes. Where are you going with that thing? It's a perfect perfect example of speciesism in star wars um in empire strikes back we already talked about that cloud city in return of the jedi can you guys think of a elevator in return of the jedi no i believe the elevator in return of the jedi is the landing platform on endor and uh luke and that imperial guard come out or the the imperial officer you know this rebel surrendered to us he was armed only with this right Mm-hmm. Well, they had to go in an elevator to get up to that oh, top yeah. of that platform where they were. So I'm pretty sure that's the example. Oh, 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 also on the Death Star, of course. The the elevator up to Palpatine's throne room. On the on the Death Star. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well. With the Crimson Guards. Ah, wow. I wonder what about elevators are we going to talk about next week? I don't know. Wow, Daddy. But, uh, you will... Or, or, uh, um... Uh, turbo lifts? Yeah, turbo lifts. Ah, uh, yes. Maybe next week we'll talk about turbo lifts in animated Star Wars, the TV shows, and talk about all the times we ter- see turbo lifts in the Clone Wars and Rebels. Next time on... Children, Children of, of the, the Force. Force. Will we actually do that or not? <laughs> I don't know. That'd be really funny if we did. I don't think we will, though. <laughs> I just think it's funny. <laughs> All right, what else Star Warsy stuff? Liam, you have acquired a new action figure. Shock Trooper! Ow, yeah. Shock Trooper. How many points of articulation does your stock Shock Trooper have, Liam? No idea. Way too much to count. Thirteen. I know. You know what the action figures they make now? Mm-hmm. Don't, can't like move their arms all the way around. Some of them can, but and, most of them don't. And yeah. move their feet all the mm-hmm. way around, yeah. and their legs, and bend their legs and arms and stuff. Yep. 
But that action figure, I made his head backwards. Right. And it's so weird. Yeah. You could actually move his body all the way around. You can pose him. You can pose and, and put him Basically, in all different Basically, wherever kinds. you want yeah. to. It also, yep. his arms stick right out of his body. You know, that's how action figures were when I was a kid. I mean, some of them were kind of like the way they are now, like the old Kenner Star Wars ones where, you know, they are kind of move like robots, right? Their arms don't bend. Their legs don't bend. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the old G.I. Joe ones that I had when I was a kid, they you could do that. You could move them everywhere. You could pose them in any position you want. Um, and I think the I think the reason that they make them not so posable these days is so that uh, they look better when they're just standing straight up, right? Because they don't have all the joints and they don't have all these little you know things that make them look different. I right? know, but then when they're not. They can't not uh-huh. stand straight up, though. Right, like you can't make them sit down. Right. It's annoying. That's annoying. Or sit down in a chair, right? Because their legs stick straight out. So if you want to play with them, then it doesn't make sense for them to not be able to move, right? But mm-hmm. So it's almost like if they're making... collectors. They should make like a collector's aisle right. of those, uh-huh. and then a playful aisle of the other kind. Exactly. Like, where do you find these play. toys? You find them in the toy section, you know? Like, <laughs> it's just interesting to me because... You know, like adults are buying toys in the toy section, but they're buying them because they're collectors, and that's totally fine. And I, I'm fine with collecting. I think it's great. What's interesting to me is that the collectors' toys, like the ones that cost uh, like twenty dollars for an action figure instead of like eight dollars, those are the ones that you actually can pose. So it's almost backwards. Like the ones that cost more and are kind of made for collectors are the ones that are really poseable. Can I just say it again? Hasbro drops the ball at every chance they get. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't understand their logic. I don't know. There must be something behind it. And actually, I read something recently that said, you know, if you want to do news reporting or if you want to be like a reporter uh, in Star Wars, you want to do like actual reporting. And I honestly, like, I don't, but I know a lot of people do. Why not look into Hasbro? Try to understand why Hasbro does what it does. Are there reasons for why Hasbro does what it does? There might be. It'd be interesting to know what those reasons are. Hmm. I would love to read an article yeah. about what those Me reasons too. are. I would love to read on it. I wonder if we can interview the head of Hasbro. I wonder if we could get like the president of Hasbro on our podcast and we can the interview that person. Of Hasbro? Sure. Please don't the president of the company. Everybody, they won't like our podcast anymore. <laughs> All right, let's continue our read through of the Mary Sue's article "Resistance, Caring, and Masculinity: The Feminist Message of the Dudes in the Force Awakens" by Kate Bennion. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about how Han treated Rey and Leia as equals, and how he showed emotion and affection toward his son. The week before, we talked about Poe and how he didn't feel like he had to compete against Finn or try to one-up other people. Now we're going to talk about Finn. So here's the article. And then there's Finn. The first time we see his face, he is sweating and shaking. Instead of swaggering through battle, delighting in violence, he is visibly moved by his compatriot's death, by the violence and aggression happening around him, by the murder of civilians and innocents. We watch him choose to abstain from killing. This character is rattled and anxious and traumatized by his experience, not stoic and soldierly. He experiences what most would interpret as a panic attack in response to his first battle. 
Even as he breaks Poe out of lockup, Finn speaks aloud to himself in an attempt to stay calm, a humanizing and relatable moment of emotional honesty. Finn has feelings, and visibly so. But instead of overcompensating for that supposed weakness, getting defensive or shutting off from other people like a broody male hero might, he quickly and easily bonds with Poe, and later with Rey. Recognizing Rey's abilities and strengths, he accepts her completely as an equal and peer, instead of feeling threatened and attempting to control her or one-up himself against her. He genuinely compliments her skill. One-up means, like, try to prove, like, you're better. Right? He never, he doesn't try to do that with Rey. He doesn't try to say, oh, yeah, well, you can fly. Oh, I know how to fly, too. You know? He compliments her on her skill. They gush at each other. Actually, it's super Gosh. cute and mutually affirming. After after they escape the uh, Tie Fighters, I, you know, know they they're gushing. Gush. You're gushing compliments at each other. You know, oh, you're you're yeah. yep. Finn doesn't balk at helping out, whether it's passing tools to Ray in the Falcon or aiding Chewie in his with his injuries. Finn doesn't talk over Ray or try to make choices for her. They may disagree and banter, but it's not barbed like Han and Leia's banter is, and it's at an even keel. He looks out for himself, but not at the expense of others. When Finn decides to leave for the Outer Rim, he honestly tells Rey his story and how he feels about her, and asks her to come, and then accepts her refusal gracefully. He respects her decisions, her autonomy, and Rey as a person. Obviously, Finn digs this girl. Who wouldn't? She is undeniably the coolest. And he does ask if she has a boyfriend early on, but after she says none of your business, he lets it go. When he could sulk or tease or be possessive or rude toward her, he doesn't. He adores her, but is happy just to see Ray safe and well. He's not preoccupied with romance or feeling jilted where another character might resent her for it. When she hugs him on the Starkiller base, he doesn't turn lecherous or try to make a move. In other words, he doesn't try to, like... You know, say, oh, you're hugging me. You want to kiss me now? You know, he doesn't try that. He's just happy, you know, that she's okay. She owes him nothing, even when he risked his life to come to her aid. And he gets that. He's not a white knight, friend-zoned, or a nice guy. So let me explain those a little bit. So a white knight would be someone who comes in and rescues someone else. And that other person who they rescue is totally, you know, useless and just needed rescuing. You know, Finn's not that. He's not friend-zoned, so that there's a term called friend-zone, right? So some some people, and usually this is guys, right? Some guys might say, oh, you know, I, I, I wanted to be her boyfriend, but all I am is her friend. She put me in the friend-zone. Like, it's a bad thing to be a friend to a, to a woman. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he doesn't feel that way either. He's just, he's happy to be her friend. And he's not, like, sad that they're not boyfriend-girlfriend, or he's not trying to be her Finn boyfriend, you know? Awesome. And And he's not and being... And then, at the end of the movie, Ray kisses him on the forehead. Oh, she just gives him a little kiss on the forehead. I don't think that's a romantic kiss. I know. I don't it, think it is. It would be actually be kind of weird if it was, because he was, you know, in a coma. Uh, that wouldn't be okay, right? Because you don't kiss someone without them knowing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but it was more of a, kind of a... You know, I wish then, you well. You know. What's a nice guy? Well, that's a good question, Anna. So, so the last Wouldn't thing that is be a nice or, guy? right. That's just it. Like, how is a nice guy a bad thing, right? Well, there's this idea that if someone, there's this idea that like, um, and and I and this is a bad idea, right? But there's an idea that as a as a man or as a boy, 
I guess, depending on your age. Um, if you're a nice guy, then to, if you're a nice guy to girls, right. Or to women, then, uh, you would expect them to like you like, Oh, but I was nice to you. So you should kiss me. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous. That it's, it's, is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it's, it's part of that whole toxic masculinity thing so that, we, that we think about. Then whoever does that, I'm going to do ridiculous to them. Ooh, are we getting Harry Potter here? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so, um, it's kind of a, a term that a lot of people use to describe those types of guys who think that just by being nice means that they should have... He is definitely not a Right, that they should have, you know, women knocking on their door asking to be their girlfriend, you know? Like, no, you're a nice guy because you're a nice guy. You're a nice person to be a nice person, not to get something out of it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we've... That's what I try to teach you kids, too. We're not, we're not nice to people because we want some sort of reward, right? We're not nice to people because we think we're going to get, you know... Uh, a prize for being nice. We're nice to mm-hmm. people because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's who Finn is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's so. why Finn is awesome. Because awesome. he's none of those. Totally. All right. The article goes on. He never tries to take anything he wants when it comes to Ray. He doesn't view her as a thing to take. Awesome. If Finn has a defining attribute, it's caring about other people as people. Kicking butt, and she didn't say butt there, but this is a clean podcast, so I try not Wait, to use any uh, any swears. <laughs> oh, it's right there, Liam. Okay, kicking butt is not the priority. Winning is not the priority. His own ego and his own insecurities are not the priority. When Ray is thrown against the tree by Kylo Ren, Finn turns his back to the enemy drops his weapon, and runs to her to make sure she is okay. It's endearing, it's wonderful, it's human, and in creating a hero that subverts society's typical aggressive expectations for masculinity, it's feminist. And he does this in spite of years of conditioning to kill. Which again, I think, um, this is me talking here, kind of gets to that question I asked last week. Why does he do that? What about Finn makes him so unique, right? Uh, so different from the other stormtroopers, right? I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't. Maybe that's just who he is. And this article concludes, Instead, he affirms that caring is what's most important to him. In another movie, he would have fought Ren immediately without a second thought, springing into attack mode. But instead, Finn turns his back on movie tropes, on violence, on toxic traditional masculinity for caring. He turns his back... And he turns it toward caring. Does he eventually pick up the lightsaber and face the enemy with it? Yes. But Finn running to the aid of his friends and strangers is a recurring motif of The Force Awakens. And it's what we should all want from our heroes. It's what we should all want to be. Period. Cool. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Any more discussion? I mean, we've talked about we talked about it as we were reading Finn it. Finn is awesome. Finn is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's something I need to right. say. Yeah. Finn is awesome. Finn is awesome. All right. Uh, well, let's uh, let's see what I did on Twitter in a segment that I'm calling. Did I do that? I don't think I'm actually going to call it that. And that's an old TV reference that you kids have no idea what it is. And I could have pronounced it a little bit differently and used the voice of 
Urkel, but I have do the a shred of, of dignity, and I'm not willing to let it go. <laughs> Just do the voice of Urkel. <laughs> I'll do it after the podcast. All right. Oh, so, what I think, uh, you know, I wasn't too active on Twitter this last week, but uh, I think the highlight of Twitter is also the highlight of my night last Wednesday. Highlight of the night when a three year old girl in class put two balls of Play Doh together and said, It's BB 8. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. <laughs> Hashtag Star Wars. Hashtag fangirling. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was the best. I love that. Love that. So <laughs> funny. So fun. It's BB-8! <laughs> All right, well, let's head on over to the news. Free comic book day is May 7th. Oh, it's yeah? coming up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Free yeah, I'm reading a book called Hilda, and that's going to be one of the comics that's going to come. That's true. Hilda is going to be one of the free comics. Awesome. Comic a, book new Hilda a new Hilda story. A new Hilda story? Oh, it'll be a new one. No, that's the first one. No, that's... it'll be a new Hilda story. They're not going to reprint an old one. Yeah. It'll be a new, like, mini Hilda story. If you guys have not checked out Hilda, it's listeners, good. it's a really good comic. Uh, you know, check it out at, from your My local library. Well, no. It's, it's really good, though. Uh, but yeah, so we, we love Free Comic Book Day because we love comics, but also because where we go, there are all sorts of cosplayers doing everything from Star Wars to DC to Marvel, and uh, they're always ready to get pictures taken with them, and it's just awesome. Uh, for anyone who's listening here in the Twin Cities area, I strongly suggest going to Source Comics and Games in Roseville. They always have a really big bag of free comics, and they almost always have a ton of those cosplayers that I mentioned, uh, dressed up and, and, uh, just really, uh, interactive. Like they love it when kids come up and talk to them. And Anna, did you have something to say? Once we took a picture with Emperor Palpatine. That is true. That was, I think the first year we went, wasn't it? How were we? I don't know. Maybe second year, maybe second year. I don't remember. It was probably four or five years ago now, but, uh, yeah. So the doors open at 10. But expect long lines if you get there, because there's usually a huge line. Like yes, we have to wait around for the block. like a half an hour at least. Yeah, I mean we've gotten there early and been in line for like an hour, but it's it's fun if it's a nice day. Uh, just wait in the line and enjoy the atmosphere, and you know there's cosplayers walking up and down the line, kind of helping people enjoy themselves. Bring a box with a bunch of action figures. <laughs> yeah, sure. Or bring your lightsaber. And have a lightsaber duel with us. Uh, let's once, see. I will be we wearing. There. I will be wearing a shirt with Wicket on it. Wicket will be the entirety of the shirt. A black I'll just t-shirt. Wear my Star shirt. Anna, you're gonna wear your Ray shirt. No, my Star Wars shirt or oh, my Ray shirt. Oh, depends. Wear, depends oh, on how. Depends on the weather. Huh? Yeah, it depends on. Yeah. I'm gonna wear my. Hmm. Hmm. Which Star Wars shirt are you gonna wear, Liam? <laughs> I'm gonna wear the original trilogy symbol. It's going to be like the original trilogy picture where like there's Luke and Leia and Han and Chewie and C-3PO oh, yeah. and R2 and stuff. Is it Lego? And it's Lego. Mm, yeah, cool. All right. Well, now you can find us if you go to Free Comic Book Day at Source Comics. All right. So, Free Comic Book Day. Yay. Also in the news, ILM, which is Industrial Light and Magic, and that's the company that George Lucas started back in the 70s so that he could make A New Hope, right? Because he had all these ideas for special effects, and there was really not a place that could do all of them. So 
Industrial Light and Magic was formed, and they're still going, and they're still doing all the special effects and computer images and everything for a ton of movies. Anyway, they released a video called A Chain Reaction, which is a video of the special effects crew from Rogue One. They are reacting to people's reaction shots, reaction videos. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they are reacting to people's reaction videos for the Rogue One trailer. Right? Remember we did a reaction video for The Force Awakens? Mm-hmm. So, you know, people did the same thing for Rogue One. And it's awesome because there's these people who spent all this time, you know, hundreds of hours of work on the special effects shots for that trailer, but also for you know, the whole movie. And they're getting to see people reacting to it and saying how awesome it looks. And we get to watch them watch those people <laughs> say how awesome it looks. I it's get a it. Really, I, I get it. It's a really fun video. We should watch it. Yeah. I smiled. Oh, I totally want to watch it. Yeah. Can I, you just watch a little I, bit? I, I smiled for eight minutes straight. We're not going to watch it right now because we're, you know, in the middle of recording the podcast. No, but uh, like, tonight. Could yeah. you pause it and then no, just watch a bit? No. Just a bit? But tonight we'll we'll watch it. Okay. Yeah. So we've talked in the past about Lawrence Kasdan uh, talking about Ryan Johnson's take on Star Wars. So remember, Ryan Johnson is the director of Episode Eight, and Lawrence Kasdan is uh, the writer of Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. So he said uh, about Ryan Johnson, he said this a while ago, he said, Ryan Johnson is a friend of mine. He's going to make some weird thing. If you've seen Ryan's work, you know it's not going to be like anything that's ever been in Star Wars, which is you know, we've talked about that before. Kind of cool. Well, Oscar Isaac recently gave an interview to the LA Times Put because, yep, because he's out promoting the next X-Men movie in which he plays the big bad villain Apocalypse, which is kind of weird when you see Apocalypse because he looks nothing like Bo Dameron, but that's awesome. So, of course, they asked him about episode eight and he had this to say. I would agree with Kasdan. So he would agree with Lawrence Kasdan about what he said about about how Ryan Johnson's making a weird Star Wars. Uh, He says, Ryan is definitely going to places and investigating things that haven't really been done in the Star Wars universe. For me, it's so fun getting to explore different things that I wouldn't have expected in this universe. In some ways, it feels like we're making an independent film. Certain things we get to play with, this kind of intimacy that we get to find, it's special. It's really been fun. So that's pretty cool. But kind of, what do you think? What do you think about that? An independent film, that means like a like a small film with, you know, not like special effects stuff. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be special effects in this. I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. I don't you know don't either. know. Sounds like it's going to be pretty different. But different isn't always bad. Oh, I'm scared. Right? I think I'm kind of scared, too. I'm scared. <laughs> one of the, one of the... Kind You're of, like yeah, Ooh, I think it's funny. One of, one of the criticisms of The Force Awakens is that it's too much like the original trilogy. Hey! But I think the original trilogy is great, though. Exactly, but but some people felt like it copied it instead of telling a new story. It and, did not copy it well, at all. Well, no, no. I mean, yeah, I well, okay. I, I think it did. I don't but, think it did. But I don't think it's a bad thing. It was intentional. Like, J.J. Abrams meant to... N- not copy it, but meant to, it's you know... It's because a bunch of people like the original trilogy. Right, and also there's a bunch of people who didn't grow up with the original trilogy. So J.J. Abrams, they were trying to kind of reintroduce Star Wars to those people, right? So you got Desert Planets, you got criminal, the criminal element in Kanja Club and, and uh, Death... 
Guavian Death Gang. <laughs> Couldn't think of that for a second. Same with you. Uh, <laughs> I could. Uh, you I have, you know, you have evil force users. You have, you know, you have a droid with some special thing that you know both you know both people are looking for, and you know, so you know, there's there's similarities. You have a big, huge Death Star type thing. You know, uh, you have a trench oh, run. Um, you um, have <laughs> um, droid has the map to die. Um, Droid has the map to Luke. Droid mm-hmm. has the map that, um... The plans to the Death Star. The plans yeah. to the Death Star. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm looking forward to something kind of that we haven't seen yet. But I think they're still going to... They're, they're going to make sure that they don't, you know, do something completely different. different kind of guns? Are they going to make Han another gun, not the same pistol? You are living in denial. I'm just asking. <laughs> Why would they make Han and Are they going to make Han Liam. look like a western guy Liam. with the with the Liam, I'm with I'm the sorry to tell saber. you this. I'm sorry to tell you this. Han's dead. Oh. I know. Oops. It's hard to remember, isn't it? Hey. You forgot. I know. I'm sorry. I know it's hard to like Wrap your head around it, is right? Is Ray gonna use Han's pistol? Is Ray? <laughs> I think Han's blaster probably fell with him. Didn't he have it on him? <sighs> Whatever. Man, this is good. Whenever we talk about Han, it face. gets so sad. It kind of, uh, okay, let's let's move on. Let's head on over to Canon News. The Canon News song, yeah. The Canon News song, yeah. Today we delve into the character of Kylo Ren as we continue our look at The Force Awakens Visual Dictionary. Kylo Ren is not a Sith. We knew this, mm-hmm. but I think it's important to reiterate. The dictionary says, quote, He is the archetype of a new generation of dark side users that have emerged to fill the void left by the Sith's demise. So now that the Sith has fallen... He kind of uh, the archetype. That means like he's the the example of dark side users that have emerged to fill that gap. Right now that the Sith are gone, there's a there's a void, and you can have new dark side users fill that void. Which makes me wonder, like, was Snoke waiting for the Sith's demise? What you know? Did he kind of swoop in? Right? We've talked about that in the past. So who knows? Uh, now we know that Kylo Ren isn't his real name, of course. But the Visual Dictionary states ben. that Ben. The Visual Dictionary, <laughs> the Visual Dictionary says that quote his birth name is never spoken by decree of the First Order's supreme leader. So in the First Order, no one ever says his birth name, and that's because the supreme leader said no one can ever say his name. Interesting. Because his name is Kylo Ren. That's what the. That's what his name. Right, right. It seems it kind of makes me think. I I think in episode eight, Snoke is gonna kill Kylo Ren. Oh my goodness. Or Kylo Ren's gonna kill Snoke. Wow. Usually the apprentice kills the master. Mm, Well, that's Sith. So. I don't think that happened in episode eight. I think it happened in episode nine. Yeah, if it happened, it probably would happen in episode nine. You're right. So. This, but this makes me think that like Snoke is kind of insecure, right? Like, like he's telling people like, don't say his real name because then he might remember who he is, right? You know what I mean? Like he's telling them like he made a rule that they can't call him Ben. It just seems kind of childish. 
You know, like, is he really that worried that Kylo is going to make the right, you know, the, the decision to go against Snoke? He always had the right choice, which it is the right choice. I guess. But Snoke and Snoke's been in. Or, 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 you know, Snoke doesn't trust Kylo to make the right decision as, as Snoke would see it. Um, yeah, this is interesting. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Vader also not wanting Luke to call him father or Anakin, right? That name has no meaning to me now. But that's Vader, right? Vader wanted his own past crushed. He wanted his own past to be done away with, right? And he took matters into his own hands to do it. But does Kylo Ren need old Snoke? Nope. You know, does Kylo does Kylo need Snoke to do that for him? It seems like he does. Like he needs Weird. Snoke to say, you know, like he runs to his dad and says, you know, they're calling me Ben. Make him stop. You know, and then Snoke's like, all right, nobody call him Ben anymore. His name's Kylo. Ren. Kylo Ren. Rhymes with Ben. But don't but say that. Ben. Don't say it rhymes with Ben because then you use the word Ben. You can't use Ben. It rhymes with Ben. <laughs> Supreme All of a sudden, Leader, Snoke Kylo. sounds like my dad for some reason. I don't know. All right. So. <laughs> That's it. You're in a timeout. All right. That's it. You're in a timeout. You get a consequence. Your consequence is is I'm gonna throw you out the hole. The hole that Kylo wants to have on it. Oh, All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I do think that this supports like my theory and other people's theory that that Ben isn't really in control. That Snoke is actually kind of using him and twisting his mind, which is what Leia says in the in the novel, right? She says that that uh, even since since his birth, almost Snoke has been manipulating him. You know, so it almost seems like a mind control thing, and I think it kind of leaves a small window open for Ben to redeem himself, right? If he is being controlled by Snoke. Mind control thing with the Force. Well, yeah. Sounds like magic. Yeah. Which magic technically is the Force in one mm. way. The Force is magic, sort of, right? Yeah. And magic is the Force. Wow, that's deep. All right, we're going to have more Kylo Cannon yeah. news next week. We could call it the Kylo News. The yeah. Kylo News song. Yeah, yeah. the Kylo, Kylo News song. song. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> there's a lot of news there about Kano, so, but we'll get to more next week. But now let's. I know I did that. I don't know either, but let's go have a joke. <laughs> Laugh it up, fuzzball. <laughs> Well, I had a moment of panic when I was coming up with the show notes because I thought that I was all out of jokes from Chris from Star Wars KidsCast and that I would have had to think up my own. But thankfully, that is not the case. I have one more joke that Chris said. Chris, if you're listening, and I think you are, uh, I need more jokes. Send me more jokes. Because I, I can't think of any. <laughs> so... So let's uh, let's get to this one from Is Chris. Is that the joke? Oh. Because it was funny. Was it funny? Where's the best planet to get burritos and enchiladas? Uh, no idea. Taco Donna. Uh, I was going to uh, say that. Were you? Were you going to guess that? I was like, Taco. 
Yeah, yeah. Taco Donna, tacos. Mm. Yeah, I get it. Oh, I was going to say that if I just could stump Chris. Taco yep. And I guess if you wanted to like put another planet on your Taco Donna, you could go to Nar Shredded Lettuce. Oh, that's not, that's not good. Nar Shredder. That's not good. Nar Shredder, yeah. <laughs> Nar Shredder. Nar Shredder, that's pretty good, yeah. Nar pizza. Nar pizza. Nar pizza. <laughs> That's where Pizza the Hut comes from. <laughs> pizza. <laughs> That's a Spaceballs reference. Anyway, oh. you have not seen Spaceballs. Maybe someday. Spaceballs. So, uh, yeah, Spaceballs. Spaceballs? Are you are you familiar with Spaceballs? Did you know that there's a movie called Spaceballs? No. I'm not lying. There's a movie called Spaceballs, and it came out when I was a kid. And it is a, it's a comedy, and it makes fun of Star Wars. It's a whole movie that is like Star Wars. It's a story, kind of like a Star Wars, you know, story. But it's making fun of it the oh, whole time. Does it mm, uh, There might be a couple swear words in there. I, I can't remember. There's some some things that are kind of not appropriate for kids, but it's there's also some really like what is not you know like there's kind of a lot of like fart jokes and stuff too so that's kind of funny sure yeah yeah yeah. oh me too who doesn't who doesn't love a good fart joke i don't by the way i just farted no (laughs) yeah no you didn't all right then well let's uh let's go and take a trip to the question and answer council the question and answer council where we ask questions and answer them it's the question and answer council it's the question and answer Now, before we ask any questions, our listener, Marin, from last week, answered her own question. She asked what our favorite Star Wars saga title was. Anna, you picked The Empire Strikes Back. Liam, you picked Attack of the Clones. Pew, pew, pew. I picked Return of the Jedi. And Marin picks The Force Awakens. Cool. Which makes me want to read this from the Visual Dictionary also. This could have been in canon news, but I'm putting it here instead. And uh, because uh, we had talked to Marin when we were over there recording your Harry Potter podcast, Platform 9 and 3, uh, Platform 9 and 3 quarters news, Platform 934news.wordpress.com, I'm plugging your podcast, Anna. You like that? Mm. Plugging your podcast. That's what we do. We're nice to each other on Minnesota podcasts, you know. We like to plug each other's podcasts. I'm being mad at you. You're mad at me plugging your podcast? I don't know what plugging means. I thought it meant like being what? mean. Oh, why? Why would no? I'm 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 promoting it. So you're welcome. Anyway, thank you. <laughs> uh, so we were talking about what the Force Awakens means, you know, and I think the the general consensus is that it's about the Force, you know, about Rey kind of realizing that she has the Force, right? The Force awakens in her. But uh, but this bit from the Visual Dictionary makes me think it could mean something else. It says, Since the disappearance of Luke Skywalker and the shattering of his fledgling Jedi following, the cosmic force has lain dormant, seemingly quieted to those able to sense its presence. The adventures of Rey and Finn on Jakku coincide with a turbulence in the cosmic force. A sudden ripple 
indicating the awakening of newfound ability. With the Jedi and their records vanished, few, other than Kylo Ren and his mysterious master, are able to appreciate this occurrence. So, so it says that the adventures of Rey and Finn on Jakku coincide with a turbulence. Not that they cause a, a turbulence in the Force, but the turbulence happens at around the same time. So we sort of have this idea that maybe the Force Awakening isn't just the Force Awakening in Rey. Maybe there's some other thing entirely different. Or it could mean both. You know, both it awakening in her. Both. And maybe people across the galaxy have found that the Force awakened in them as well. I think it means both. At the same time. We'll have to wait and see. Maybe in Episode 8. Maybe. Maybe. So speaking of Episode 8, I have a question for the Question and Answer Council. Um, cool. If you could choose one thing... What weird thing, as as Lawrence Kasdan says, what weird thing would you choose for Ryan Johnson to do in Episode Eight? Something that hasn't been done in Star Wars before, at least in Star Wars movies. What weird thing? Could you just go first to give me an example? <laughs> oh, I know, so I know. Oh, Liam, I know. Liam has an idea. What weird thing? <laughs> oh, it's a funny weird thing. All right, here we no, go. No, it's not funny. No? It's not funny. Okay. But it's something where Anna's going to go like, she's going to be sad. <laughs> it's something about weapons, isn't it? Uh-huh. Does it start with a V? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and there's another word with that V. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Liam. Here, 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 All here, All right, what here. weird thing, Liam? Instead of lightsabers, they would use these electric thingies called VB. <laughs> Just say it. Vibroblades. <laughs> Vibroblades. Uh, yes. We have a Vibroblade mention. Yeah. So, I, I'm a Vibroblade machine, so just don't worry when I say Vibroblade, Vibroblade, Vibroblade over and over and over again. Okay. <laughs> So you would like to see the like the very obvious usage of vibroblades in Star Wars Episode Eight. Can I tell you my theory of what a vibroblade is? Sure. Yeah, I think it might be different than what it actually is. So let's On hear it. A electric knife. Like a knife with electricity, kind of coursing through it. So like. If you stab someone mm -hmm. with it, yeah. it electrocutes the body and kills them. Oh, interesting. Actually, so there is like information on what a vibroblade is. And it's just a knife that vibrates really fast. Like so fast that it makes it really easy to cut through things. So it just makes it more dangerous. Or like uh, like cookie tugs cookie in, tugs, in the, uh -huh. the cook in Maz Kanata's castle. He mm -hmm. uses a vibroblade. And he does it for probably cutting up, you know food right so you can use a vibroblade for you know I'd, I'd love a vibroblade to cut up like tomatoes and stuff or not tomato <laughs> yeah tomatoes and potatoes i would love a vibroblade to just cut up clay and stuff clay sure that yeah maybe cut i'd like a vibroblade to trim our trees well, that's kind of a pain right but if i had a vibroblade you know it'd be a lot easier to trim those trees that'd be oh, yeah anyway so that's the, the weird thing oh, liam's yeah. answer not surprisingly, is vibroblades. Anna, have you thought of an answer for you no. yet? 
I have not. No, you haven't. All right. Uh, well, I think I'm going to say um, Night Sisters. That's the weird thing that I want in episode eight. What about Anna? Anna? I don't have one. Can I answer for you? What you think it would? What do you think it would be? Yep. Okay. Yes. Uh, some sort of tie-in with Mortis, whether it be like the idea of these these force gods, force wielders, they call themselves. Uh, you know, someone who is so strong in the force that they're almost not even like not even there. They're almost like pure energy. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I w- I would like that. I I think you know I think it's something that we just can't even think of. You know, and I, and I wonder whether it's going to be something like, um, like imagine when Empire Strikes Back first came out and Luke was on Hoth and he sees the image of Obi-Wan Kenobi standing in front of him. Imagine how like crazy that probably seemed to people. And you know, force ghosts, we haven't, we haven't, we didn't see one in the force awakens. We didn't see a force ghost in the whole prequel trilogy. Right. Right. We heard the voice of Qui-Gon in episode two. It was only at five and six. Yeah, and we heard Obi-Wan's voice in, at the end of A New Hope. Oh, oh yeah. I, but I, yeah, I mean, so so like I think they could do more with Force Ghosts. And they could do some weird things with them. I think. And I think maybe the weird thing is that there's an Anakin Force Ghost and there's a Vader Force Ghost. That's right, I'm still pushing my Vader Force Ghost theory that there's both of them. So I'm just going to throw that out there again. All right, do either of you have a question for the question and answer council? No. No. All right, well, do you know what time it is? No. It's not time to have a burrito and a gordita and a tortilla and a... Taco Enchilada. And a Taco Donna. <laughs> it's not time for Taco Donna night. It's time for... Stump Stump You both have asked me to stump you again, or try to stump you again, Uh, so here I go. Liam, what is the name of the bird that we see on Jakku as Ray is driving into Nima Outpost? Steelpecker. What's that? Steelpecker. Nice. Good work. All right, Anna. You're up. Anna. What is the name of the red-clad pirate in Maz Kanata's castle who Finn is going to leave Takodana with? Hmm, I know his name. The name of the red pirate. I knew it. I will accept a nickname also, okay. and I will give you one hint. Okay. Part of one of the nicknames has to do with what color he is. I think it's something about Scarlet. Because he's red. Mm-hmm. I know he's red. I know what he looks like. Mm-hmm. He's in. He's in. Um, what was that book? The Luke one. He's in the Luke book, wasn't he? No, he's in the Tales of a. Oh Tales yeah, the Tales Alien, of the Alien uh, short story book. It's by, called the by name. Landry Q. So Walker. You, you can't say the name, or you'll. Know oh it. yeah. The. It's a. Uh, it's his name, and what is it? The Lost Treasure of Count Dooku. Yeah. All right. I think we're gonna call it. I totally forgot. 
I remember. Can I say, can I say? Sure, Liam, you can pick it up. The Crimson Corsair. Mm. Ugh. Do you know what his actual name is? No. Sidon Ithano. Captain Sidon Ithano. The Crimson Corsair or the Blood Buccaneer or Red Raider. I would have accepted any of those, but that's okay, Anna. You are the lump. I knew it, though, but I forgot. It's okay. I knew it. Make the noise. Uh, <laughs> ah, that's bad. Oh, that was that was perfect because it was it was a sad lumpy noise. That was bad though. <laughs> no, that was good, Anna. That no, was really good. No, it was sad. All right, we're gonna have some listener feedback. Uh, so I said last week that Nick from London had asked a question about legends, and um, he had talked about how. He hasn't read after Aftermath yet, because remember we were talking about uh, whether or not Darth Maul was Snoke, uh, and he had that awesome theory last week about how that could be true, and I had said, well... But um, horns! No, but remember um, he said that uh, you know Vader slashed maliciously at his face, I believe, as he framed it. Uh, so maybe he, you know the horns were cut off then, too. Uh, so he There's said no that he hasn't... Of the... Oh, I know, Liam, but, you know, skin healed over... Where the horns were. I mean, you know, you can always make up, you know, reasons, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So he was talking about this comic that he read called Chewbacca and the Slavers of Shadowlands, which, and he was bummed out that that was made non-canon during the the purge of the EU, right? When they decided that, you know, they're going to kind of make a clean break and just the movies in the Clone Wars are canon. And now everything from now on will be canon, but all the extra stuff, you know, before that is not canon anymore. We're going to call it Legends. Uh, so he says that this story tells of the legends of Chewbacca on Kashyyyk and his adulthood initiation when he becomes an adult, right? And uh, he said that this leads on to my conflicting opinions on Disney's non-canonization, which is an awesome made-up word, he says, uh, of the EU. Now simply simply known as Legends. And some of the expanded universe, he says, is just darn silly. He says, here are a few ridiculous things slash concepts from the EU. In one comic, Jabba the Hutt very nearly defeats Luke in an apparently heated lightsaber duel. And I do not know what comic that is from, Nick. So if you could send me the name of that comic, I would love to read it. Because it does sound ridiculous. And he says, the Star Wars holiday special speaks for itself. You kids have not watched that. I tried. Couldn't make it through because it is... I mean, the only redeeming thing is Lumpy, really. <laughs> I'm joking. It's that Boba Fett cartoon, actually. That was okay. Uh, he also says that one time in Legends, uh, Boba Fett managed, managed to fend off Vader himself in a quick lightsaber duel. <laughs> and apparently Luke, between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, was so powerful that he could somehow wield 30 lightsabers on his own. Luke. What? What the? <laughs> yeah. So, so he understands that there's a lot of stuff in the EU now known as Legends that is just plain ridiculous. But he says that the Slavers of the Shadowlands, which we, we've actually read, kids, actually provides a more in-depth and somewhat fascinating backstory to Chewie 200 years before he meets Yoda on Kashyyyk in Revenge of the Sith. Crazy, he says. But Nick goes on to say, I can't picture Chewie being 42, if you know what I'm saying. So, uh, you guys, we read this comic. This is one of those kind of smaller book comics. Do you remember this one? I'm showing you the picture right now, Star Wars Adventures. I don't remember it. No, it's oh, like Chewy kind of, a, you know, a, a rite of passage story sort of. Can we get he, that one again? He, yeah, let's let's check that one out from the library. Is it a again. comic? It is a comic, yeah. 
Oh, I love that one. That one's so good. I'll eat it. Yeah, it's like one of those small ones or like the ones, the brand new ones that we get from like Source. It's one of those. Well, I think maybe when it first came out, it was a regular comic. But this one is kind of in that same series where uh, Luke, um, the one where Luke's on Dagobah and he has to go find something for Yoda, remember? And there's that dragon under the water. And uh, there's one of there's one of Han and Chewie and like a gladiator fight or something Have like that. that and yeah, we've read we've read almost all these Star Wars Adventures comics, I oh, think. Man, I but they are really good. It was a great series. Really good series. I wanna check them all out. So he asks, what are Anna and Liam's opinions on the purge of the expanded universe? So on this on this change, right? That all of these things that were kinda canon, kinda not. Um Legends? That now they're legends. Now they're not part of the official story. Um, so like Mara Jade, okay. right, so, is not part of the official story. And you know, um, I mean, I don't know. You guys, Mara you guys didn't... Jade is not part of the official story. No, no, no. That's sad. legends. That's sad. So you're sad about that, right? Yeah, I'm sad. Um, because you know, awesome. you've, yeah, she's awesome. And, yeah, uh, she is awesome. And like Jaina Solo, and you know, Jaina Solo. Right. I mean, of course she's not part of the official. But canon, I know. Right? Because... But that was awesome, though. Right. Oh, I feel so sorry for Jaina, my friend, because <laughs> now she's actually named after no one. No, no. That's just no, 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 legends. No, no but Jaina Solo still exists. She just exists in legends. Oh, okay. So this is not <laughs> Star Wars is not real, everybody. So we have read. I mean, like Liam, a lot of the comics that we check out from the library, a lot of those older comics. Like, those are legends. Those are not part of the official canon, right? Like, the that Clone Wars one that you had read just a little bit ago, oh, right? Yeah. Like, are you... What do you think about that? Are you sad that that didn't actually... I'm putting air quotes around that. Actually happen in Star Wars? Or are you okay that it's just, you know, a fun story to read and it doesn't really matter whether or not it happened? Hmm. What do you think? I don't really think it matters. You don't think it matters? No. Yeah. So I, you know, I read quite a few books and I listened actually to a lot of books on tape. Um, you know, like I really like the Thrawn trilogy, those three, those three books that kind of gave us like the story after Return oh, of the yeah. Jedi. Um, you know, I enjoyed that. Um, and a lot of the other books, I, I liked them. I didn't, I think Darth Plagueis was fantastic, really good, um, by James Lucino, who also wrote Tarkin, which is a canon book, but Darth Plagueis is not officially canon, although James Lucino did bring a lot of those ideas from the book Darth Plagueis, and he canonized them in Tarkin, right? So that can still happen. So a lot of the stuff that is considered legends you know, does in some form ends up being put in the canon. Uh, but a lot of this stuff doesn't. And I think it's okay, because we still have those stories. We can still go back and read them. You know, this has been this has been a pretty hard few years for the people who really, really liked the expanded universe. And having it become legends and knowing that there's not going to be any more stories told like, we don't know what happens to Jaina Solo. And we never will. Because no more stories are going to be written about her. Unless people just make it up, right? People, I mean, that's what people do anyway, right? Authors make it up. It's not like there's a story waiting to be found. It's made up, right? So if a fan wants to make up a story about what happens to Jaina Solo, they could do that if they wanted to. Now, it's not the same, of course, as like a professional author you know, under the, under the kind of, uh, umbrella of Lucasfilm, right? 
making up that story and having it all tie in really nicely and everything. Um, but there are some people who really want the expanded universe to continue. They want Lucasfilm and Disney to publish new books, new legends books and continue that story. Even though it doesn't line up with the story that we're getting now with the force awakens and episode eight and nine, it's going to be a completely different story, right? Mm -hmm. Like Leia and Han don't have a kid named Jaina or a kid named Jason or a kid named Anakin. And Luke doesn't have a kid named Ben. Han has a kid named Ben. And Leia have a kid named Ben, right? Mm -hmm. So it's totally different. It would be really confusing, I think, for some people. But I understand why the really hardcore fans of Legends want it to continue. But some of them, some of the, most of them, I think, are pretty respectful about it. And they just, you know, they really want it to continue. Some of them are really mean. And they've done mean things. And said mean things to people. And really, like, just been rotten on the internet. And that's not okay. Because it's just a story. And I know it's important to people. But, you know, this is just a story, you guys. It's a Star Wars. And we love it. And, you know, I like a lot of things about Legends. And I, I like a lot of things about the new canon. I'm just going to enjoy all of it. Yes, Liam? This is about episode seven. What's about episode seven? I have a theory about episode seven. Okay. I Speak don't know up. what episode it's going to... I don't know what movie it's going to be in, mm -hmm. but I think Leia is going to go to the Jedi Order and Han and Leia are going to need a break up. So oh, Liam. Oh, Liam, buddy. I just want to give you a hug. What? Han's dead, bud. He's, I'm sorry. I know it's hard to, like... Process it? I know. You've really not really internalized that information, have you? Maybe there could... But you know what? There's 30 years between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. So there could be a lot of stories with Han that come out, right? That We're going to get... That Han standalone. The Han, the Han standalone uh, movie mm -hmm. about a young Han Solo. We're gonna get, we're gonna get more Han Solo, and that's I good to know. I actually thought that your theory was a good theory. I know. Before I forgot. I know. It's hard. It's hard to deal with, you know, because, like you said, Liam, you've said this before. He's like, you loved Han Solo, and you're so sad that he's dead. You know. I'm just sad. But I didn't but love we're gonna get him, more but... stories. About him. Really, I think he was better in the seventh movie than he was ever. Yeah, I think so too. That made it even harder, didn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <sighs> you okay, bud? I know it's sad. It's just Star Wars, though. It's not real life. I know. I know. I know. Okay, let's get on with the episode. Yeah, I know. It's okay. It's That's okay. To, it's so no. Better. You know what? It's okay. It's I am totally okay with this being in the episode as long as Liam is. I know, it's okay I to be sad and to cry episode, about this stuff. Though. Because it's sad. And it is important to us. And you know it's so funny cuz I had just said that I'm okay with, you know, legends and canon and it's just Star Wars and it's not something that's worth, you know, being mean to other people about or crying about. But I disagree with that. I think it. I think I disagree with that. It's not something worth crying about. Part. Mm 
because I think stories are really important to us as, as people. You know, this is how we experience, this is how we talk about our emotions, is by joy. telling stories, right? And of course, you know, there's plenty of joy and there's plenty of sadness in our own real lives, right? But if stories... If to move on, we can move on. No, it's okay, bud. I'm, it's okay. Stories are how we experience emotions, too. And, and, and crying when a story is really sad is one of the most human things we can do. And jumping up and down in a story is super happy. Is also one of the most human things we can do. Which is also much better than crying. Because but, joy is a better But that doesn't mean crying is bad. Joy is a better feeling than sadness. It hmm. is. Well, I think joy is, is more fun to feel. That's what I meant. But sadness is a very important feel. I mean, remember Inside Out? We watched Inside Out, right? We can't, we can't say sadness is bad. It's important to feel sadness, yeah. and we feel it for a reason, right? I know, but joy is more fun to experience. Joy is more fun That's to feel. That's what I meant. That is totally true. <laughs> You're not wrong there, Anna. All right. Well, are we ready to move on? Are we ready? Okay. I think so. All right. Thank you for the feedback, though, Nick. And, uh, you know... <laughs> Uh, it, it's, it's an interesting thing to think about. It's probably not the last time we're going to talk about legends and, uh, and we you know, we have a whole section called Canon news, you know? So, uh, you know, it is something that we think about all the time without even realizing that we think about it, I think. Um, but there's a lot of legend stuff out there. And, uh, as Ahsoka said in Rebels, there's always truth in legends. True. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to be it then for episode 35. That seemed short. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a regular length episode, probably. Thanks for listening to episode 35 of Children of the Force. If you'd like to reach out to us online, you can contact us via... Twitter, at Force Children. On Facebook, we are Children of the Force. Our email is forcechildren at gmail.com. And our website is www.childrenoftheforce.com. And while you are on our website, click on the link on the left-hand side of the page that says Send Children of the Force a Voicemail. That'll take you to a SpeakPipe page where you can leave us a voicemail from the comfort of your computer. As Chancellor Palpatine would say... Do it! And finally, leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. I forgot something. Oh, all right. <laughs> Leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere else you listen to us. Doing so will make it easier for more people to find us and make the review good or... FN2199 will call you a... Traitor! All right. For Children of the Force, I'm Anna. I'm Al. I'm Liam. And... May the Force...